Day 28. The Story of Two Sisters Who Were Jealous of Their Younger Sister. Part 4. When the dervish saw that the prince's mind was made up, he drew a ball from a bag. If it must be so, he said, Take this, and when you have mounted your horse, throw the ball in front of you. It will roll on till it reaches the foot of a mountain, and when it stops, you will stop also. On each side you will see big black stones, and will hear a multitude of insulting voices, but pay no heed to them, and above all, beware of ever turning your head. If you do, you will instantly become a black stone like the rest. Those stones are in reality men like yourself. If you manage to reach the top of the mountain, you will find there the talking bird in a splendid cage, and you can ask of him where you are to seek the singing tree and the golden water. That is all I have to say. The prince thanked the dervish once more and sprang on his horse and threw the ball before him. The ball rolled along the road till the foot of the mountain was reached. Then it came to a sudden halt, and the prince at once got down and flung the bridle on his horse's neck. He paused for a moment and looked at the black stones, and then began resolutely to ascend. He had hardly gone four steps when he heard the sound of voices around him, although not another creature was in sight. "'Who is this imbecile?' cried some. "'Stop him at once! Kill him!' shrieked others. "'Help! Robbers! Murderers! Help! Help!' "'Oh, let him alone!' sneered another and this was the most trying of all. He is such a beautiful young man. I am sure the bird in the cage must have been kept for him. At first the prince took no heed to all this clamor, but continued to press forward on his way. Unfortunately, this conduct seemed to irritate them the more, and they arose with redoubled fury in front as well as behind. After some time, he grew bewildered, his knees began to tremble, and finding himself in the act of falling, he forgot altogether the advice of the dervish. He turned to fly down the mountain, and in one moment became a black stone. As may be imagined, Prince Purvis and his sister were all this time in the greatest anxiety, and consulted the magic knife many times a day. Hitherto, the blade had remained bright and spotless, but on the fatal hour on which Prince Bahman and his horse were changed into black stones, large drops of blood appeared on the surface. Ah, my beloved brother, cried the princess in horror, fool that I was to listen to the voice of that temptress. What are the talking bird and the singing tree to me in comparison with you? My sister, said Prince Purvis, our brother must have met his death by some accident, and tomorrow I will start on the same quest. Terrified at the thought she might lose her only remaining brother, the princess entreated him to give up his project, 
but he remained firm. Before setting out, however, he gave her a chaplet of a hundred pearls, and said, If you should find that the beads stick, so that they will not slip one after the other, you will know that my brother's fate has befallen me. Still, we must hope for better luck. Then he departed, and on the twentieth day of his journey, fell in with the dervish on the same spot. The dervish told him that only a few weeks before, a young man, bearing a strong resemblance to himself, had passed that way, but had never come back again. That, holy dervish, replied Prince Purvis, was my elder brother. He is changed into a black stone, answered the dervish, and you will become one likewise if you are not more careful in following my directions. When Prince Purvis reached the foot of the mountain, he jumped from his horse and strode boldly on, but had scarcely gone five or six paces when he was startled by a man's voice that seemed close to his ear, exclaiming, Stop, rash fellow, and let me punish your audacity. This outrage entirely put the dervish's advice out of the prince's head. He drew his sword and turned to avenge himself, but almost before he had realized that there was nobody there, he and his horse were two black stones. The princess was in the very act of moving the beards through her fingers, and her heart sank when the first pearl remained fixed in its place. The following morning, the princess, disguised as a man, set out for the mountain. On the twentieth day, she arrived at the place where the dervish was sitting. "'Good dervish,' she said politely, "'perhaps you will be so kind as to tell me if you have ever heard of a talking bird, a singing tree, and some golden water?' "'Madam,' replied the dervish, "'for in spite of your manly dress,' Your voice betrays you. Give it up, I pray you, and return home, and do not ask me to help you to a cruel death. As far as I can see, said the princess, the first thing is not to mind the tumult of the voices, and then never to look behind. As it is quite possible that I might be frightened by the voices, I will stop up my ears with cotton, so that I shall hear nothing. "'Madam,' cried the dervish, "'you are the first who has ever suggested "'such a means of escaping the danger. "'It is possible that you may succeed, "'but all the same the risk is great.' "'Then the dervish said that it was useless to say more, "'and he gave her the ball, which she flung before her. "'The first thing the princess did on arriving at the mountain "'was to stop her ears with cotton.' Though the voices grew louder, the higher she climbed, the princess only said to herself that she certainly would not let a few rough words stand between her and the goal. At last, she perceived the cage and the bird. She walked straight up to the cage, and seizing it, she said, Now, my bird, I have got you, and I shall take good care that you do not escape. As she spoke, she took the cotton from her ears, 
for it was needed no longer. Brave lady, answered the bird. From this moment I swear to serve you faithfully. Tell me what I can do, and I will obey you. Bird, replied the princess, let me first thank you for your good will, and then let me ask you where the golden water is to be found. 